the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Appleton. It's Sin Shoe Chew. It's a mouthful. All right, everybody, welcome to the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, content manager of So-Called Fantasy Experts and founder of FantasySixPack.net. AJ is not going to be with us tonight as I kind of did this special episode uh, without him, knowing he's not the biggest basketball guy. Uh, But we're going to be talking about some – we're going to be doing a, a fantasy basketball draft special. And to help us out tonight, uh, we've got Seth Klein from The Fancy Fix and Razball. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Joe? Hey, not too much. Just uh, getting ready for basketball season. You know, I keep keep seeing all the, you know, keep watching some of the preseason games, and I'm just, just getting more and more excited about it. I, I didn't play last year, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, I played some D- DFS, but I kind of... Took a step back for the, for the season. Took a little bit of a break and uh, didn't play. But I'm but I'm gearing up for it again this year. I jumped into a league and probably dabble back into some DFS. And I'm ready to go, man. I don't know about you. I am more than ready. Yep. And I love yeah, the DFS seen, too. Yeah, I've seen you uh, posting your your drafts all over Twitter. You've had some pretty good drafts. You've had a lot of drafts too. How many basketball leagues are you in? Um, right now, not, not as many as I actually normally am and not even close to as many as I am in football or was in baseball. I tend to, um, see that basketball is a little less popular than the other two fantasy sports just in general over the fantasy world. You just don't get as many people that are looking for leagues, ready to hop in leagues, um, as quickly as the other sports. Um, I guess it's a little more niche, I guess. Um, huge, huge, huge international um, following, though. I have a lot of buddies on Twitter and that are in my leagues and stuff like that that are from Australia, from England, from South America, from New Zealand, places like that. So it's it's very popular in Europe, um, in Australia, that area, um, with so many international players in the league. I think it's become that way. Yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, I'm, I'm about in about uh, I think I'm about ten leagues or something like that. <laughs> ten leagues—that's a lot. That, that's uh, that's definitely more than the football and baseball leagues that I've got. So uh, that's that's interesting. Anyway, man, um, let's let's get going here. You know, I kind of want to just do a a brief overall overview, I guess you can call it, of you know, the fantasy basketball landscape for 2016-2017 and uh, just get people prepared for the drafts. You know, I kind of, I kind of would bet that a lot of drafts are going to happen next week and even next weekend. And, um, you know, knowing that the season starts, what, on the 25th? Is that right? On the 25th, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a, a week from Tuesday. Yeah, so, you know, I think a lot of drafts, I know you've done a ton of them already, but uh, I think most are going to happen in the next week or so. So perfect timing to have one of these, you know, fancy basketball draft specials. And I want to start by just kind of getting your 
overall impression or overall strategy for um, for when you enter into a draft? Um, and I know it's, you know, just like every other fantasy sport, you can't go into it with one strategy and only follow that strategy. But having done this enough times, you kind of try and tend to do the same things over and over again. So kind of what are those things that you you try to how you build your teams? Like, what do you do? You know, it, it really depends on where, where how you start. So um, I have no problem. There are lots of people like starting with guards, build up your assists, your threes, your, your scoring, usually usually good free throw percentage from, from guard-heavy teams. Some people like going with big men, stacking the centers, the forwards, blocks, rebounds, good field goal percentage. I mean, you really get, uh, you know, both – both the backcourt and frontcourt, you can gain specific categories, but obviously there are players that do both. Um, it really depends how you start, though. I don't think there's a set way of going. Um, I sl- tend to slightly like to go, um, usually in the first four rounds, I like to go with three big men maybe and one point guard. Um, sometimes it's two, two guards, two big men, but um, I like to – I like to get blocks, rebounds, field goal percentage early on, mix it in with one solid point guard that's going to get you assists. Um, and, you know, if you can get a – if some of those big men can get you other stats, like some threes, some steals, good free throw percentage, guys like uh, Brooke Lopez, Pau Gasol, um, they're, they're going to shoot in the high 70s free throw percentage, but they're also going to get you blocks, and, and that makes them very valuable because they're – on the opposite side of the spectrum of someone like DeAndre Jordan or Andre Drummond, who are going to get a lot of rebounds and blocks, but are going to shoot under 50% from the line and pretty much kill you in that category. So there's a lot of ways to go, but I, I prefer just to have well-rounded teams at some point uh, in basketball and fantasy basketball, uh, punting a category is very popular. And, and I tend to do that to a degree on some teams. Uh, lots of, you know, usually it's eight or nine categories and, depending how your team structure is going, some people will say, I'm going to punt assists at this point. doesn't mean you're not getting guards. You're just not getting guards that are assist heavy. So by right. get, saying you're not going to focus on assists, it, you, fo- you end up focusing more on other categories. And it's the same way in baseball for the listeners that play baseball, who people who punt saves or who punt steals, things like that. All right, I'm not going to get a bunch of closers, but instead of getting some closers, I'm going to get three extra starting pitchers. So my strikeouts and my wins or quality starts or whatever you play are going to be more, but I'm also sacrificing saves. It's, it's kind of one of those things. Um, I don't like to fully punt. I don't mind having a couple guys in one category because I feel like I can always get guys off the wire. I can make trades. I'm a very big trade connoisseur uh, for anyone that, really knows me. I, I'm a crazy, maniacal trader. I make usually over 20, 20 trades a season in every, in every league I'm in. Um, so even wow. if there's a category I, I, I tend to neglect on draft day, I find a way of trading for adding players that help me in that category as the year goes by, so I'm not terrible in, in anything. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things you just got to get a feel of how your team's going. And at some point in the draft, usually around – I would say around the fourth or fifth round, you have to make a decision of what direction you're going to go in. You, you right. can't, right. You have to decide then. Okay. I just drafted four 
guards out of my first five picks, at this point I'm probably going to have to sort of punt blocks or rebounds. And then, you know, you can stack your team, though, with other, with other positions, just with players that don't do that. Okay, so I, I got four guards in my first four rounds. I need a forward. Maybe I'll go for, like, Rudy Gay. Okay, he's not going to get you a lot of rebounds, but he's a forward that's going to get you points, three-pointers, steals. So you can help the categories you're already good in at other positions. Right. Now, now do you tend to go big men early because you can you have found it easier to find assists and steals and threes off the waiver wire or through trades even than it is to find the opposite? Actually, not necessarily. I think assists are usually the hardest category to find on the wire. I think it's one of those things that you need an injury for someone to pop up on the wire that's going to be uh, help you in assists. There's very few guys you're going to see in, in January that all of a sudden are just came out of nowhere and are averaging eight assists a game. And, and if they do, it's because the starter got hurt or, you know, something more traded, something like that. Um, so it's kind of, I, I, that's why I do like getting at least one assist guy early. Um, I, I don't know why, honestly, I like going big men early. I like going big men early, but I like going with well-rounded big men early. Um, mm-hmm. I, I tend to avoid any big men early who don't provide blocks or steals. So guys like Greg Monroe, who are just points and rebounds exclusively, I'm not going to take, um, extremely early if he slides to the middle rounds and I need some rebounds. Sure. But um, if I can get well-rounded guys, like that's why I like love DeMarcus cousins. I, I drafted DeMarcus cousins on like half of my teams last year. And I've already got him on, I think three out of my four or five teams this year. And I love him because he's going to be a top 10 scorer. He's going to be a top 10 rebounder or better than that. And he's going to block a shot and a half a game. He's going to get you over a steal. He's going to make a three a game. And he's not going to hurt you from the free throw line. And his shooting percentage dropped off a little bit last year because he was shooting more threes. But you know what? I, I'll take a, a 6% drop in free throw percent. You're making one and a half a game. It's so nice, too. He's going to get you three assists a game. So you're talking about a well-rounded player that's not – doesn't if you just looked at his stats aside from the rebounding you wouldn't say oh this guy is just a typical big man um you kind of get the same sort of gist with uh, a guy like al horford who's hitting threes now um shoots well from the line you know all these guys you don't want mm-hmm. someone to really kill anything um there are exceptions hassan whiteside is is an early pick he did improve his free throw percentage a lot last year, and, it, and it, people who drafted him really, really benefited because I think a lot of people were sort of, of staying away a little bit very early last year because he had shot very poorly from the line the year before. But uh, he he shot very well in the second half, and and I'm sure most of you know he he had I think I think it was four or five triple doubles with blocks. So this is a guy that can get you ten blocks a game pretty much if you're in a head-to-head league. You get one of those, and you're winning that category for the week. Yeah, pretty um, much. Right. So, and you're and you're probably going to win rebounds as well if you have another uh, good big man. So he's a great guy to take early on too. Um, I'm trying to think of 
of other big men uh, that I love early on, you know, but it, the first round is very, very guard and wing heavy, um, extremely guard and wing heavy. I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't, I don't think there are any, any, uh, you know, big men in the first round aside from, from really cousins. I'm trying to think, Oh, Anthony Davis, but uh, he's hurt again, like usual. So uh, he might be a guy. Anthony Towns is going early. Right, right, Towns. I forgot about him. Yeah, Towns yeah, is the best one there is. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's a top he's a top big man, and he's going to hit some. He's hitting threes. He hit thirty three pointers last year. Probably be around fifty this year. He's going to average a double double. He's he's a beast, and actually, I have him ranked uh, third overall, which is ahead of Stephen Curry, believe it or not. So I'm pretty high on him this year. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. The last the last like strategy overall strategy question I want to ask you is. As you mentioned it, you know, head-to-head leagues, you know, I think the the typical formats, there are points leagues, but those are their own beasts. Um, head-to-head and rotisserie, obviously. Is there any major difference in the way that you're drafting with those two styles of leagues? Yes. <laughs> um, a pretty big difference. Um Roto, you got to plan for the whole season. you got to say – this is the this is a long sprint. In head to head, you can get away with um, drafting a, a solid core, a solid um, six six guys maybe, and, and working the wire, um, and, and 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 making trades and and adding sleepers before you think anyone thinks about it, um, and 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 you can really go on any week and win. It, you, it's all about your opponent. It, that's all that matters. And for those of you that play fantasy football, you know that you can have the best week in the world and lose. Uh, you can have the second most points scored that week and lose. lose. <laughs> and you could also um, have a bad week and win because someone had a worse week. And so that's the one thing with head-to-head. I'm not a huge head-to-head fan. I, I prefer Roto in, in, in every sport. But uh, you tend to see for – in baseball, you really do get a lot of Roto. Uh, leagues, a lot of fans, um, but in basketball, I, I try to join Roto whenever I can. But for the most part, it's predominantly head-to-head. I, I don't know what the reason behind that is, but everyone likes head-to-head in it. Uh, maybe it's because it's, you know, you're setting your lineups nightly and people like that action or whatever. But um, it, it, it's a big difference in Roto in, in, uh, than Roto. In head-to-head, all you got to do, if you're playing nine category, is win five-four, win six-three most weeks. You can even lose a couple weeks, three, six, and you'll easily make the playoffs easily. That's all you got to do is be just over 500 really to make the playoffs in a head to head league. So you're just talking about having a great, you just want a great court. Uh, that's what you want. And you want to play the matchups and you want to look ahead at the week. Um, that's something you got to really do in, in head to head is, uh, well, in most leagues you'll have a, uh, add drop limit per week. They, you may have five, let's say, or seven for the week. Um, it, come Sunday, let's say you have two left over. You want to use the, and you're maybe ahead in all your categories. You can't fall behind in any categories. You want to use those out. You don't want to waste them. You don't want them to go to waste. You want to use those for your next week because chances are you're going to have at least one guy at the bottom of your bench that isn't seeing your roster, your starting lineup, unless it's a very slow day on the schedule and you may look ahead and say, well, um, this in the next week I have an open spot on Monday 
an open spot on Thursday, an open spot on Friday, let's say. And you, you look at the, the NBA schedule and you say, oh, well, the, the Celtics are playing on Monday, Thursday, and Friday, and Marcus Smart is a free agent. Pick him up. Why not? You know, you, you, in head-to-head, volume is the key. You, you, the more guys you have playing, the better chance you have of winning because, you, you know, you're gonna, all your stats are going to add up, and the idea is to have more than another team. So uh, you yeah, really – yeah, huge, huge part of, of head-to-head fantasy basketball is, is game volume. Um, and that's, that can be the difference between winning and losing. You may even have uh, not as good of a team as your opponent – but if you have, if you're able to squeeze in seven extra games in your opponent, you, you can you can win. And being proactive and and seeing what's ahead and the matchups and 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 there are weeks where teams play five games, there are weeks where teams play four games, but there are also weeks where some teams only play two games. And is the guy on your team that's playing two games next week expendable? Can you drop him for a guy that's playing four games on days that you can play him? Because that's also important. You don't want to pick up a guy that's playing four games if your lineup's already full on the days that he's playing that's just a waste because he's not going to start over the guys you have in there so that all that all that's a big part of strategy and head-to-head in roto it's a complete opposite in, in roto you usually have a games played limit so you can't stream guys because you don't want to just pick up a guy that's sitting on the wire that's yeah he's all right uh and play him and then he has a bad game and then you're you're down one one game at that position and and those are very important to have at the end of the year. Um, you, you don't want to go over your game's limit at any position and really until the last week of the season. And that's a big part of managing it. So um, Roto, again, is about balance. You, you need the balance. You don't want to completely punt anything. I mean, if you have to, you do, but you've got to make sure that uh, all your other categories are in the top four or five. Uh, and head-to-head, you can you can forego categories because, like I said, all you need to do is win five four. So if if you have three of the top five guys in block shots in the league, and you know you're going to win that every week, chances are you're probably winning rebounds because of that as well as field goal percentage. That's three categories right there. All right, so what? I, I don't win three pointers uh, or I don't win assists, um, but you you pick up some other guys for points, and and that's all you need to do is focus on that. And and also it's important when you are adding these players. Uh, in advance when you have those extra ads to look at your opponent for the next week. So many people don't do that. It's like, oh, this is who I have going next week. But it's important to look at your opponent because you may look at your opponent and they may have a team with no shot blockers. They're just all wings, guards. And you're looking at the the schedule and you're saying, oh, well, the, uh, I don't know, the, the Lakers are playing five games next week and I'm going to pick up Mozgov because he gets good blocks. But then you, you look and you're like, well, I didn't need the blocks anyway, because this guy's not going to beat me in blocks. I want to pick up a guy that's going to help me in a category that that can match with him. So maybe I'll pick up Lou Williams because this guy has a lot of three, three point shooters. What good are blocks going to do me anyway? I want a category, a guy that can help me in categories that um, can keep me competitive with my opponent. Yeah, now, that being said about the, the punting categories, like in head-to-head leagues, I, I always find myself punting turnovers, and maybe it's because I go guard, like a little more guard-heavy, a little more ball-handler heavy. Um, I just, I honestly, I hate the category turnovers because it's a negative stat, and I feel like it, it punishes the team who has ball-handlers. Um, but, you know, it, it is a category that's 
generally used in, in most leagues. Uh, is that one that you kind of find yourself maybe unintentionally? I think it's more unintentional. I mean, I don't intentionally pun it. It's just I always end up being pretty much dead last in my league in turnovers. Um, is that kind of one? Are you? Is it? Do you find yourself the same way, or maybe not because you draft big men? Uh, no, I, I do find it that way. I, um, I'm not a fan of, of turnovers in general. So most leagues that I, well, the leagues that I'm commissioner of, I, I don't use that as a category. Actually, in the main league I'm commissioner of, I, I, we have double doubles instead of turnovers, which I actually love. It's one of my favorite categories to add on. Um, but yeah, turnovers, it's, it's just not something I even look at. Uh, like you said, if you're going to have good players there, that have the ball in their hands most of the game, which are <laughs> the good players in the league, they're always going to get turnovers. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, all right. these guys lead the league in turnovers. So it's just one of those that if you have good players, you're going to get turnovers. And, and that's why, like you said, I, I don't like the category. It's just it's just a very lucky category that usually the the team with – oftentimes the team that's not as good is, is going to win because they, they don't have uh, as many high scores, ball handlers, things like that. So it's kind of like a – in my opinion, a silly category and, and one I, I just don't pay attention to one bit. If I win it, I win it. If I lose it, I lose it, whatever. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. So so moving on here, I, I want to talk about some of the – there was a lot of movement this offseason, uh, big-time free agency, big-time money being thrown around. Um, some guys get some ridiculous money that probably didn't really deserve it. Um, that's not what we're really talking about, but, you know, I kind of want to – what I want to ask you is your opinion on some of these guys that went to new places and how it's going to affect maybe their fancy value or improve their fancy value. And then if it, if it does, if, it, if it's a big impact on the team that they've lost, they've left. Uh, and big case here is first one, Kevin Durant going to golden state. Uh, what do you see from all those guys in golden state now? And then, is Westbrook the hands down number one player in fantasy basketball this season? Uh, I know he's in my book, but I want to see if somebody else thinks the same way as me. Um, well, no, he's not. I actually, I mean, it's, it's as close as it gets, but I actually prefer James Harden um, in that number one spot for a few reasons. One, um, I think this, the stats are going to be very similar, but I like the threes he adds. Um, and he's, uh, I believe he shoots a little bit better from the line. And I also like that this year, at least in ESPN, um, he has triple eligibility. So he has shooting guard, um, point guard, and small forward, I, I, I believe. I think he does have small forward. So um, it's pretty lethal to be able to put James Harden in your point guard spot. Um, and I think that offense is going to be nuts with D'Antoni running the show there. Uh, they got Dwight out of there, who was really slowing down that offense. They brought in Ryan Anderson, who's going to just jack up threes, and uh, Eric Gordon to spot it from outside. So they, I think they actually have a little bit better team than they did last year. And, um, I mean, you can't go wrong with either, honestly, but I, I like Harden a little bit more. Um, uh, as far as the Warriors, I mentioned before, I do like Carl Anthony Towns, number three over Curry. I, I just think that adding Durant, I mean, all these guys are great. Curry's, an, <laughs> Curry's still the best player in the league. And uh, I mean, well, you could say LeBron or whatever, but 
you know, he's up there and, 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 and green is great. And Durant is amazing. And, and Clay Thompson and all these guys, but um, you bring in a guy like Durant, who's, uh, who's going to come in. He's a guy that's scoring 20, 25, 26, 27, 28 points a game more. He's scored 30 points a game before on a season. Whereas who, you know, something's going to have to get the, the, I think it was, I think the Warriors averaged 113 points per game last year, 113, 114 points per game, which is a lot. Um, yeah. They're not, they're not just going to average 135 points this year by Durant scoring 20 points per game. You know, it's, uh, people are going to lose in some category, in, in some categories. And I just think that uh, Curry's not going to have a huge drop off, but um, I think the scoring is going to go down a little bit. He's not, he's, he's probably going to be closer to 26 points a game. Um, the threes are going to, he's not going to make five, over five threes per game probably this year again. Um, and the assists actually may go up a little bit, but I think you're going to see all these guys take a little bit of a hit in, in stats. And, and Clay Thompson is actually someone that I'm, I'm dropping a lot more than everybody else. I'm sort of avoiding him this year. And he's kind of a guy that I've avoided for years. I don't think I've ever owned him on a team. I just have always felt he's sort of a three category guy, uh, points, three pointers and free throw percentage, because he really just doesn't do anything else. Um, and he did, he did improve his field goal percentage a ton last year. So that helped because he, he used to be, uh, hurt you a little bit in that, but I mean, 22 points, I think he averaged last year. That's going to go down. I mean, he's going to be the third option on a good night, fourth, fifth option on some other nights. Um, the threes will still be there, but um, it, I think you're going to see with Clay Thompson, he's going to be a, an 18 point to points, three rebounds, four assists, a steal, three threes. I don't know that to me, unless you're just really need a three point shooter in, 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 in the middle rounds. Um, to me, he's a guy I'm avoiding just, just where he's going in drafts uh, because people are still, still treating him like he's, a top 10 player in the league or something like, you know, top 10 fantasy player, which he, I think he was top 15 last year and, and he's not going to be. So he's a guy I'm avoiding. And um, I'm curious, where do you actually have him ranked in your rankings? Um, I, I don't have them available right now, but okay. he, he, yeah, I, he's, I think his ADP, um, his ADP right now, right now according to the fantasy pros, uh, well, ADP, hang on. I gotta pull it up. ADP right now is like twenty-eight. Yeah, twenty-eight. That's okay, so he's going just outside. It's just early second, early third round. That's that's just too high for me. So um, I've got him second. Actually, I'm dead last in ranking him according to all the guys on Fantasy Pros. Forty-second. Um, yeah, which still might be too high. Like, because I agree with you. Like, he reminds yeah. me of. It reminds me like he's going to be like a little bit better than Kyle Korver a couple of years ago. I could I could see Kyle him in there, awesome, but like he didn't do anything. He's going to be better like, better than Kyle Korver, I think. But just because yeah, of, he'll be better than Kyle Korver. But yeah, you know, I mean, Kyle Korver had that year where he was just drilling threes all game, yeah. you know, all year long. Like that's what Kurt, that's what Clay Thompson reminds me of. He's going to turn into this year. He's going to do no ball handling because you've got Durant and Curry there. And he's just going to be in the corner. He's just going to shoot threes. He might get a couple rebounds a game, which is all Corver did. He might get a steal. Like, it's just not going to be – he's going to have so many games where he scores, like, eight points with two threes and, a, and like, a couple free throws or something. That's going to yeah. be it. 
Yeah, and, and you also have to. Um, yeah, and those and that hurts when you're in that taking him in that in that spot, and and I think there, you know, there's also the blowout factor as well because this team is just stacked, and and they're just going to destroy teams this year, and they did the same thing last year until they got to the finals. Um, where you're going to see games where the, all these guys are just going to sit the entire fourth. Um, they mm-hmm. may even, you know, sit some guys towards the end of the season. La- last year, the owners, fantasy owners got lucky because they were going for the record. Yeah. yeah. And in a normal season, um, I think that you would have seen a lot of those guys start to sit out once or twice a week, those last few weeks of the season. So, um, and I, I don't think they're going to go for the record. I mean, maybe they'll try to break their own record. I don't know. But actually, I think for if you're if you own um, Warriors, I think you're you're kind of hoping that they lose a few games early on because I don't think you want them to. I mean, I'm sorry, opposite. I think you're hoping that uh, they go on another streak because if they lose, let's say two three games in that first maybe two three weeks, um, the odds of them breaking that record are just extremely slim. And 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 you want these you want these guys uh, playing at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at the, the rankings right now and, and I agree with you. Um, I, I think that that 40, 42 range is, is okay. Um, I, I, I definitely, I, I, right now he's 29th and in, in for not for ADP for just the rankings. And I certainly, I, I'd rather have Blake Griffin ahead of him. I'd rather have, uh, Ibaka. I'm looking inside Porzingis. A lot of guys here. I mean, depending on. I mean, sure. If you're if you're not punting a not if you're tr- you're not punting a free throws, I would I move Drummond and Jordan down. But um, even at 42nd, I don't know how you have your ring. Even if you put him at 42nd, I, I I'd rather have uh, like for instance, uh, Goran Dragic is 49th. I'd rather have Goran Dragic, who's just going to run the entire show for Miami this year ahead of Thompson. I think I'd rather I think I'd rather have. Um, eh, it gets it gets iffy after that, but yeah, I think yeah, I agree. With I you mean, that, that's a good arrangement. It's really right there. interesting. I mean, I need to. I'm, I will be going through. I've got my draft next Saturday. I will be going through and, and reevaluating these rankings. You know, another time. Like I said, when I said 42nd, I started looking at it, going maybe it's maybe it's too high. Like because I'm look, exactly I'm looking at like Blake Griffin right behind, it, and I'm going, what? Why would I have done that? Um, Sometimes you make these rankings and there's just so many players you start to lose track of people while you're doing it. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you've done rankings a million times. It happens. But, yeah, it's it, – I'm not a big fan of his either. So a couple other guys that moved, uh, you know, the Bulls and the Knicks made some pretty big moves. But I'm not really sure they're the moves that are going to do anything. You know, the Bulls got Wade and, and, uh, and Rondo here, like – what are we thinking is going to happen with either of those two? Um, <laughs> I, I, I love Rondo this year. Um, I, I think I have him on all my, all my teams or three or, you know, 75% of my teams. Um, you know, he, he can lead the league in assists and I, and I think even more so on, on this team because of the scores they have. I think that, um, I mean, look what he did with, look what he did with, with the Kings. And he was, it was basically uh, cousins and gay and 
I mean, Collison, I guess. Who else? I mean, they they really have no Caspi. They, they, these, are, these are the guys who just passed you. Omri Caspi, um, uh, uh, Marco Bellinelli. I mean, it was not a good team, and he was he was getting 11 assists a game. Um, he averaged a double-double. Um, and now put him with Butler, Wade, um, uh, Miritich, uh, you know, they, they had, I'm not saying the bulls are great. I, I'm kind of a little confused about the direction they're going in, um, uh, getting Wade and, and Rondo, but, um, I think he has more opportunity. He doesn't, he's just going to just make crazy passes to all these guys. And I think he'd get 12, 13 assists a game this year. And, uh, on top of that, he, he gets, He'll get he gets five six rebounds he gets a steal the free throw percentage sucks but he doesn't get go to the line much so he's not really hurting you um, because he's not getting giving you the volume there and and he doesn't shoot a lot from the field so uh, okay so he goes uh, two for six in a game great all right whatever I'll tell you that's fine thirty three percent on only six attempts is fine for me um, right. but yeah I, I like him a lot this year. And, and he's a guy that is sliding to the that those middle rounds and in, in a build like we talked about before where you go big men heavy early. Um, I love him picking him up in that fourth, fifth round because he instantly puts you in the top three, four in the league in assists and by himself. Um, I have one team, uh, I have this uh, NFB, uh, NFBKC team um, where I it's, – it's Roto. Um, where I took LeBron uh, in the first round, and then I got Cousins, and then I got Horford, and then I got Rondo. And I didn't even need to take a point guard early because I got the six, seven assists from LeBron. I get the three, four assists from Cousins. I get the two assists from Horford. And then all of a sudden I get a 10, 11, whatever assists from Rondo. I'm right up there. Um, and he's well, a guy so you're just not worried pl- at all about Wade maybe taking some of the – ball handling away from Rondo and he could get, you know, I, the same kind of thing happened to Dragic in, in Miami, you know, everybody thought that Dragic was going to be awesome, but Wade kind of killed his value there. Yeah. Wade, Wade didn't help. Um, but the, um, the thing with, uh, the thing with Rondo is, is yes, he, he, he'll have the big games and, and, and I think if you've seen if what Wade's been doing in the preseason is he's been shooting more and he's developing a three-pointer and he's actually been hitting threes. He's a guy that for as good as he is, he's a Hall of Famer, he's never been a good three-pointer. He just doesn't even take them, which is very strange right. for, the, for being a shooting guard. But he's taking them now. I think he knows that he's getting older and, um, you know, he's going to defer more a little bit to, to Butler. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be games. Rondo's going to have duds. And he's not a, he's not a Chris Paul. He's not – um, a John Wall, where you're just going to get a good game no matter what. And so, like, if you're not getting assists, they're scoring 20 points. Uh, Rondo's going to have bad games here and there. He's going to have a 4.3 assist game because they're out of it early and they bring in people that can shoot the ball and, and whatever. But um, in, the, in the end of the season, and this is why he's, I love him in Roto, is because it doesn't matter. Those, those bad games don't matter. All that matters is the total assists at the end of the year. And I think that um, I think that he's going to be uh, one of the leaders in the league in that. And I, and, and I don't think that there, there's going to be too big of an issue with Wade there. And maybe, maybe a draw. And if he, even if he averages nine assists a game, I'm fine with that. I mean, he, right now he's, um, where's, uh, he's going 
ADP for point guards. He is currently the uh, 13th point guard going off the board, uh, 46 overall. So, sure, I'll, I'll take him in that fourth round. Um, but I don't think he is a good player to take in the fourth round if you've taken John Wall in the first. Um, but right. in the leagues that I've taken him where I, I get LeBron or I've stacked big men, I think is perfect because you can't get anyone else in that range that's uh, going to average that many assists. The only other guy um, that is actually a couple rounds below him is Ricky Rubio, uh, who, who will also have a drop in assists because Levine is playing a lot and, and they drafted Dunn and, and, and all that. But uh, you're talking about like pure assist point guards. Those are really the only two there because after that, after Rondo is Dragic, Conley, Jackson's hurt, um, Schroeder, uh, Levine, Russell. I mean, these aren't pass first really point guards. Um, Conley, I don't think has ever averaged more than seven assists a game. Dragic, we talked about, um, and, and 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 you know what? And he's never been a big assist guy anyway because you did mention the the lack of assists and uh, with Wade in in Miami. Um, he last year actually was was his uh, he averaged the third most assists of his career. So. Um, and that should go up a little bit, but yeah, he, the most he ever averages was 7.4 assists Dragic in, in, uh, 2012, 13, he had 5.9, um, I'm sorry, 4.5 last year or the, um, the year before combined with the two teams and 5.8 last year. So, um, never, you know, there really aren't a lot of pure assist guys in the league anymore. Um, mm-hmm. you just don't have that with, with so many people jacking up threes and, and, and a different style of play. Um, so if you're if you're you want a pure assist guy, I think that Rondo, depending on your build or, or Rubio, um, in that range are, are pretty good targets. Uh, another guy um, I like for assist. Uh, there's a few guys later, very late that can get you assists. Like if you're just looking for assists, Alfred Payton, uh, Emmanuel uh, Mujai. Um, Darren Williams, those are guys that they're kind of ugly on paper, but if you really need assists and steals and you're not worried about your percentages, those are guys you can wait on uh, later on in in draft as well. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, so the Bulls made those those couple of moves to get Wade and Rondo, and Isaac left off Brooke Lopez there. Um, But the Knicks... Robin Lopez. Took... took was it Robin Lopez? Yeah, they got Ro- they got Robin. Yeah, from the Knicks. Oh. Derrick Rose trade. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, on the other side of that, the Knicks took those Bulls players, and so now they've got you know Rose and Noah sitting there. I mean, if we were wondering what the Bulls were doing, you've really got to wonder what the Knicks are doing, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's similar. You know, the only, the only, it's similar, but I, I understand what the Knicks are doing. I'm actually a Knicks fan. So, um, I understand it and I understand that we are the most tortured franchise in the game in maybe sports, all of sports. And we've had owners and general managers that have just, and coaches that have just run our team in the ground into the ground for the last two decades. And for us, it's just about winning. We just want to win um, whatever it takes. And, and, and we've screwed up so much and we're excited about Porzingis 
and we have Melo signed for two more years, uh, or two more years after this year. So it's a window for us where, look, we have Melo for three more years. We're going to see what we can put around him. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But we didn't really give up much in that trade. So um, I think the upside, the, the upside with Rose still being young, and look, I'm not a Derrick Rose fan, and uh, certainly not a huge fan with all these uh, things going around, uh, surrounding his um, rape trial and all that. But um, Noah's a fun guy. He brings energy. Um, and, you know, Courtney Lee and Brandon Jennings, it's going to be a fun group. And I think, if anything, it'll be a fun team to watch as long as, you know, not everybody gets hurt, which is there's a good chance of everybody getting Very hurt. Possible. Yeah. Uh, but it's like sort of the opposite of what the Bulls are doing where the, I don't, I don't know. The, the Bulls have been a good team for many years, and they're, they're sort of in a different situation. And we're just hoping for a glimmer of hope to make us excited about our team again. The Bulls have been on the cusp for many years, and when this was supposed to be sort of a year they were going to transition, give, give the keys over to Butler. You got uh, Miritich. You got Portis. You, you drafted Valentine. You have some guys on your team. Um, and then they kind of just did a 180 and brought in uh, you, these older guys. And I don't know, because I still don't think they're a team that is competitive. I don't think that they're any really all, a ton better than they were last year. Um, and they didn't even make the playoffs last year. So I'm sort of confused about that. Like if they were going to go for it, they should have gone for it. Uh, it seems more like, well, Wade's from Chicago. He really wanted to play here. Can we really say no to him? Uh, think about all the tickets we're going to sell, the merchandise we're going to sell. It's going to make the fans a little bit happier after we thought, after they thought, you know, we were going to get rid of everyone in the off season. So I don't know, but um, both interesting teams. I think the motives are a little different, but um, neither team is great. And I'm a Knicks fan, and 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 I want to say, oh, we're a great team, but we're we're not. I mean, until I start seeing the the wins in the standings. Um, sorry. I mean, we're better. We're a lot better than we were, but I need to see it to believe it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch both of those teams. I think they'll be in the news quite a bit, especially early in the season. So don't have a ton of time to go through all of the free agents here, but is there, is there one guy that, that I didn't mention that really caught your attention that, Oh my God, his fantasy value is going to be enormous and, you know, enormous this year because of where he moved to. Um, I'm trying to think. I need to look at a free agent list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking over now. I mean, like you already mentioned Al Horford. Obviously, he moved to the Celtics. Yeah, I like, I like Horford a lot. I mean, anyway. I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't think his value necessarily changes a ton in in Boston. Um, I, I like I like him anyway. Um, but as far as guys on the move, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, I like Oladipo for sure. I I, I still yeah. think his value is similar though as it was um, Ibaka. I do, I, I do like Ibaka's value more than it was in, in Oklahoma city, just mainly because he's going to be more involved in the offense. It's hard to get more involved in the offense with Westbrook and Durant. So, um, and I actually do like, um, I, I think that uh, uh, Vucevic is going to get traded, but uh, at some point, because they're just, they have too many big men, they brought in Biombo and all that. And, but for now, He's there, and they're both starting. And I think that um, 
Baca's blocks are going to be back up in that that range that we liked a few years ago. Uh, he's going to draw uh, with with he's going to get more looks uh, in the post on defense when um, because Vucevic is going to be able to to garner more attention down there. Um, uh, I you know I don't I I think I'm trying to look at the list of guys uh, who switched teams. Sorry, man. We don't. I mean, we don't have to go through yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There weren't, you know, yeah. there weren't a lot. There were a lot of guys that re-signed. Um, there were. There yeah. Were. So I'm looking at it here, and there, there are a lot of re-signs. But I, yeah. you know, we'll I, see. I what that too. But. Yeah. So moving on though, because you know, we, we talked about Rose and you know the injuries there. Um, drafting guys, in my opinion, that are already injured or they're kind of high risk because they are often injured. Those, I just, I tend to stay away from them in drafts. Um, I don't know what your, you know, your, your overall strategy is with that, but, you know, guys like um, AD here, Anthony Davis, he's always injured and he's already injured in the preseason. Get him his 10 to 15 days. I mean, what do you do with a guy like him? I mean, if he drops you in, like, the second round, can you pass that up, or are you just saying he's somebody else's problem? No, I, yeah, I don't think you can pass it up in the second round. Uh, but if you're picking, like, eighth or ninth and he drops to you there, um, I mean, he's, you know, his, I guess his ADP is eighth right now as it is. Um, it depends where in the second round. If it's like I don't know, that's a tough call. <laughs> if you're if you're picking like tenth or eleventh and he's there, I don't think he's you necessarily have to take him because I think that you know I don't mind taking if you're going for a guy a big man, why not take Whiteside there? If, if he's if you're picking tenth and he's still there, I'm fine taking Whiteside if that's your plan. Um, it depends how far he falls, really. Um, but. Yeah, he's tough to pass off, uh, pass up if he's still there at like fourteen or fifteen. Uh, it's tough because he's so talented, but he just can't stay healthy. But you know that when he's on the court, he's just going to destroy, <laughs> destroy your opponent. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know if he slides. I, I would, I'd be interested to see if any of my drafts if he slides that far. Um, I don't yeah, I mean, think I he just, will. I threw it out. I have no idea where he's going right now. Obviously, I mean his ADP is is probably a little bit higher, you know, than what it is actually going to be for the next couple of weeks. But maybe not. Maybe people just don't even worry about it. I know I slid him down a couple. Like I had him, I think I had him at six, and then when he got injured, I just was like, oh, here we go again. I slid him down to eleven. I slid him right behind Whiteside. Actually, um, I love Whiteside this year. I, I, I bumped him up a lot, but um, you know that's. I just I just kind of think like with with people like him and you know you've got guys like uh, Bledsoe who are always injured and Tyreek Evans who always seem to be injured and Drew Holiday who always seem to be injured and I could probably go on forever. It seems like you know Bradley Beal, you know these guys like when they come up. Um, and it's their normal ADP, I seem to skip them. Uh, if they fall a round or two, like, okay, fine. The risk is worth the reward there at that point. Um, but when they get drafted, like, where they normally would if they were going to be healthy all year long, which those guys never are, then I don't do it. And it sounds like maybe, you know, you do. It sounds like you go in, you know, with these guys. Um, 
No, not really. Actually, I, I'm I'm a big um, I'm injury. Um, I'm a little injury allergic. I just try to pick the right spots, and like you said, if if the value is right, I'm okay with it. But um, you know, you mentioned Bradley Beal. Um, he's a guy that I I wrote like an entire article about last year before last season, basically saying, don't touch this guy. His he just can't stay healthy. Um, and and he didn't. And but. Um, I, you know, you go, you hope the talent's there. Will he stay healthy? I don't know. Uh, I did take him in one league in the seventh round. So for that, I'm looking at the team. For that, for that team, I was okay with it. Um, I have big men. Uh, I have a lot of big men. I've, I was set in rebounds, set in blocks. I uh, already pretty good in assists, but in I, but none of my guys made threes. No three point shooters. So, right. all right, and I need a shooting guard. I didn't. I had all forwards, point guards, and centers. So, all right, in the seventh round, that's sort of what his ADP is. I'm okay with that. Um, I don't think there are a lot of in that in that in that range. He's more appealing to me than most of the other options. Uh, if you need a shooting guard, I, I I'd much rather. I mean, Zach Levine's right there. He was he was already taken, but. Um, I'd rather have him over, like, let's see who's in his range. Um, uh, Monta Ellis, Avery Bradley, Kent Bazemore, JJ Redick, Buddy Heald. I mean, these aren't these aren't special guys. I mean, they're 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 specialists, and that's what Bradley Beal's sort of become. But I think the upside, the the potential we've seen from him. Is, is worth it over someone like Avery Bradley, who you kind of know what his ceiling is. So, right. um, yeah, it, but I agree with you. I actually um, last year kind of bucked the trend a little bit. Um, and, 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 and I've, I've, I've had a lot of injuries in my life personally, where I just know like these things, when you get hurt, the chances of getting hurt again are very high. Um, and I also, uh, my former career was in, sports injury field. So I'm, I'm familiar with all this stuff and I know when to avoid and when to sell. And I'm sure you've seen my, my football tweets where I tweet like three weeks before a guy goes on IR that to drop him because he's going to go on IR and then he goes on IR like three weeks later. So I'm pretty good at uh, prognosticating the injuries, but one guy I really kind of did the opposite with last year was Brooke Lopez. And you mentioned him and I, I took Brooke Lopez on almost all my teams last year. And he was like free in the fifth or sixth round. And, um, and he stayed healthy. And I won a lot of money last year because, of Lopez because I got this guy that was just great in, in the middle rounds and he, and he stayed healthy. So you never know when these guys are going to put it together health wise. Um, but I don't mind avoiding certain guys just because you kind of just, there's no, you don't, no one's forcing you to take anybody. And if you have a better option, take the better option. If you feel the guy's going to get hurt, it's, there's just no reason to take a guy if you don't like him uh, to stay healthy. Now, what about these guys that are coming back from injury and they're supposed to be healthy, you know, either to start the season, but maybe they had off season surgery, like a John wall, um, or you got Gordon Hayward or Paul Millsap who are kind of trying to return from injury here. Um, and, and you know they're going to miss like a month 
or maybe a little bit less or maybe just slightly more? Like, what do you do with those types of guys? Um, well, now the, uh, those three, the only one you mentioned that's actually going to miss in eight games is um, is Gordon Hayward. Uh, Millsap's back and, and Wall's back, and uh, and they may have some restrictions in the first couple weeks, but I don't. I, I expect them to be fine. Um, Hayward is a, is a steal right now. I actually I've drafted him in in my home league. I I got him in the fifth round, which I think is a huge steal, and and he slid about a round because of the injury. Um, he he max will probably miss the first month, but I think he'll actually maybe closer to to the first two or three weeks, which he'll only end up missing about eight ten games. Um, which I think a lot of people forget when they look at like blurbs on Roto World or or the player blurbs on the on the websites, they'll say, oh well, Gordon Hayward's expected to miss a month, but of course that blurb was written two weeks ago. Um, right. <laughs> People forget in preseason injuries that that includes the off season. That oh wait, a month means he'll be back two weeks into the season. You know, so you got to kind of look at that. Yeah, Um, so it's important to do that. And 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 really, sometimes you I'll do the math. I'll sit there. I'll say, okay, when did he have this? The so when did this blurb written? Or when did the team tweet out that he had successful surgery oh it was this day and how many weeks till the day <laughs> you know you got to figure that stuff out but um i think gordon hayward's a great value right now because people are sort of seeing that uh that little red cross next to his name in the in the draft uh in the draft rooms and they're like oh, i'm gonna i'm not gonna take this guy and 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 he's he's gonna be the jazz best player when by the time the season's over i mean he's a solid solid fantasy player and um, and I think he's he's actually been practicing already. He's been he's just had, he's been shooting with his his offhand. So he's already back on the court, getting a shot up. Uh, not having surgery, they said he's not going to have surgery. So it's just a matter of his finger healing, and it's you know it's a it's a broken finger. So that and that's what it comes down to. Um, uh, Reggie Jackson, on the other hand, is a guy I'm, eh, I'm not taking right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he has a few more things going on and, and a knee is more serious to me than a broken finger. And now they're saying he has also um, a UCL strain in his finger. So he has multiple injuries. Um, and I, I got really unfortunate. I, I drafted him in one league and then the next morning is when they announced that he was going to miss about eight weeks. It's like, Oh, oh God, that's, the again. that's the worst, <laughs> man. The worst. Yeah. And that it's, uh, it's, uh, football. I drafted Kelvin Benjamin and literally the next day at practice knee buckled uh, on him and I'm just going, what, what just happened? <laughs> yuck. That is yeah, worst feeling ever. Uh, um, yeah, I did. That's the worst. Uh, this league also is a, it's like a, it's a no, it's a draft only league as well. So I'm oh. just like stuck with him in my point guard spot for the next month doing nothing. <laughs> that so, sucks. Yeah. So rookies, um, you know, the, the biggest one did get injured already. Um, ben Simmons, are you looking to target him? Like, I don't even know how far he's dropping in drafts now because of this injury, but I imagine it's pretty far. Yeah, I'm not drafting Ben Simmons. Um, you'd have to be a much deeper league, and you'd have to have an IR spot. And certainly, there's 
zero chance of drafting him anywhere without an IR spot in your league. But um, I, you'd have to be in like 18 up to, for me to personally take him uh, in a league with, without an IR spot, because I just, I just think they're going to be super cautious with him. He's not supposed to be back till uh, January anyway, late December, January anyway. So you're talking about guys not going to be back. That's only technically going to play maybe two months of the season, uh, three months of the season. And the Sixers have no reason to rush him back. His agent has already said he may not even play the whole year because he doesn't want to risk anything. Right. Um, I don't, I mean, if it's like, if it's the last round and he's still available and there's, you're like, Oh, Ben Simmons or Langston Galloway, like, you know, okay, pick Ben Simmons and see if you can get by the first few weeks without needing that spot. And maybe there's a more positive update, but other than that, I mean, uh, no, you can't, um, especially the team he's on. And that's just, and that's the problem is if, if he's on the, if he's on the Spurs or he's on the Warriors or he's on uh, the Cavs or, you know, a contending team, there's, they would have reasons to bring him back to help them for their playoff run. The Sixers do not. Um, and clearly his agent has made some fuss about it as well. Um, so I'm not drafting Ben Simmons. Um, yeah, no. Are you drafting any of these rookies? I mean, I don't, uh, None of them really seem to excite me this year, except for him. Yeah, he got hurt, not so. really. There, it's a, it's not a good uh, rookie year for fantasy per se. I, I do think there are some guys that, as the season goes along, are going to become relevant. But um, me personally, I'm not, I'm not really drafting any of them. I, I think that at some point you're going to see Brandon Ingram start to get more minutes and become relevant, just because. The Lakers have to give him minutes at some at some point. Um, I think that the same thing with Thon Maker. I think at some point he's going to just get looks simply based on the fact that he's on a bad team and they are probably going to try to trade Greg Monroe. And um, but I'm not too high on like the early early uh, rookies um, for fantasy at least. Uh, yeah, I do like Don. I do like Don. Um, I think that he's gonna he's gonna have a hard time getting a lot of minutes early on. But I do think that um, that uh, the war uh, that Rubio is another guy that could be traded. They just have too many guys there, and they I don't think he's part of their plans, long term plans. Um, Sabonis is starting in Oklahoma City. I don't. He's not. He hasn't done anything worthwhile in the preseason, but he is starting. So if you're in a super deep league and you just need a guy, you know, is getting minutes. Okay, sure. Uh, it's pretty bad this year. Buddy healed is probably going to be um, the, like get the most action early on for a rookie, just because that, that Pelicans team is just horrible. They're, they're probably worth, uh, well, if Davis is playing, they're not the worst team. Maybe not the, the, the Nets might the Nets are probably worse, but if Davis is not playing, they're the worst in the league. He's gonna get minutes. Jamal Murray also on Denver. I um I think he's gonna get minutes as well. They're clearly gonna at some point go away from Jameer Nelson and um I think he'll get uh, minutes as well. So there's a few guys, but it 
I haven't seen hardly any of these guys in any of the drafts I've done get drafted. I've seen uh, Heald get drafted, and I've seen Ingram very late, and Murray very late. That's, like, literally about it. Um, I do like – I like Baldwin on um, – on the, on the Memphis, I think he's going to get some run later in the season. And um, Dario Saric obviously is technically a rookie, um, and he's he's going to start, I think, for the the Sixers. So there's um, there's some guys, but not not right off the bat. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you 100 percent there, and just kind of not super excited about any of these guys. So to kind of finish things up here, just. You know, give us one or two, you know, kind of late round guys that you can be considered sleeper candidates, and then maybe a couple of guys up top that are that are bust candidates. Um, so, I guess I guess we can say that the Clay Thompson can't say him since you kind of already did. <laughs> You're talking about uh, sleepers. Yeah. So so give us a couple of sleepers, and then turn around and give us a couple of busts. All right. Let, I'll, I'll, let me. Uh scour the ranks for my sleepers. <laughs> um, I don't know if he's a full sleeper right now, but I, I love Evan Fournier this year. Uh, he's a guy that I've actually tried to reach for and someone else reached for him ahead of me and I've gotten sniped a couple times. Um, I actually prefer him over Nicholas Batum, who they're similar, but I prefer him. I think I think Fournier is going to be a beast this year, and the reason I, I like him over Batum is he shoots well from the field. Batum does not. Fournier is a 46, 47, 48% shooter. He's going to get you a couple assists. He's going to get you a steal. He's going to make threes. He's going to score. He shoots very well from the line. He's, base, he's very similar to Batum in that aspect, that Batum shoots 41, 42% and gets hurt all the time as well. Um, mm-hmm. So Batum, though, is uh, he's going four. Fifth, and Fournier going 62nd. Um, so you can really um, get some value there. And, and but I wouldn't wait because I think people are sort of starting to pick up on it. He's also had a very good preseason. So don't wait and hope you can wait till that spot. You may have to go a little bit earlier. But I like him a lot. Uh, Devin Booker, obviously, I think everyone sort of likes Devin Booker a lot. I, I don't. I do think he's gonna be a little inconsistent from game to game because Bledsoe and Knight are also there. Um, and they all sort of play the same position. Uh, but I do like him. He's going to hit a lot of threes, score a lot, and certainly a trade of either of those other two would, would make him a beast. I like Levine. We've mentioned him. Uh, also a huge scorer. We've seen him dunk, but he's hitting threes now, gets assists. Um, I like him a lot. Um, I'm just going down the list here. If you're looking for, like, late, late guys that I think are just going way too late, Obviously, Joel Embiid, um, he's going to have minutes restrictions. He's not going to play in back-to-backs. But if anyone's seen the highlights of the preseason, man, he looks good. <laughs> he's dunking off, off uh, put-back dunks. He's hitting threes. Uh, the dude's going to be a beast. Um, and he's, like, free in the um, 11th, 12th round. Um, Biombo is another guy I like, too, in that range because of – I mentioned before, I think Booch is going to be traded. Um, and he's just, we saw in the playoffs last year that Biombo can just, could get you 15 boards in the first half. And he's not going to mm-hmm. score. He, he'll go, he'll, he'll get you zero points, but get you 15 boards and six blocks. And uh, if you need a specialist like that later on, I like him. Yusuf Nurchik, obviously um, 
another guy that's I think if you're drafting in the next week is going to rise up the ranks. I've seen him go way earlier than his ADP. I've seen him go in the eighth round. He's currently in the 12th round. So of ADP, uh, he's going to be very good this year. Him and uh, Nokic, uh, Jokic, um, more guys. What's that? Yeah. I worry about the fouls with him though. The fouls are there. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta yeah, worry about the fouls. On the court. You gotta, yeah, you gotta stay on the court with the fouls, and he's had some injuries, and so is uh, Jokic. Both of them have issues with that. But I think that the the big plus this year, as opposed to last year, was that Nurkic um, he was hurt for like the first few months, and so when he came back, they eased him in, and then they also he was taking time away from Jokic, and this year. Uh, they're committed to playing them together, which is great for fantasy owners because if they're on the court at the same time, they're not eating to each other's minutes. They're going to have foul problems. They're going to be there's going to be games where the Nuggets are trailing bad, and because they're a bad team, and they're not going to want to go with two seven footers in their lineup. So you're going to have huge, big dud games from them. But overall, the upside is is huge with those guys. Um, I think there's some guys like you mentioned Kyle Korver before. Uh, he had a, he was terrible last season, and, and you had talked about the season before where he was breaking records. He is a steal to me at the end of drafts. the The Hawks are not a very good. They're they're just not as good as they've been, and I think he's ready for a bounce back. They're going to need him to shoulder more of the scoring load, and you know he's not going to hurt your free. He's going to he's going to help your free throw percentage. He's going to hit threes. And I think you're going to see him get back in that 14 or 15 point scoring range. I think he's a great guy to take late. He's, you know, again, he's a guy that's like free in the, the 13, in the last couple rounds. Uh, great, uh, great guy to take if you're needing a, a couple a boost in three pointers. Um, Brandon Jennings, another guy that just, we know that Rose is going to miss 20, 25 games. So, uh, Jennings, I think, it, and when he does, Jennings is going to run the point for that team. And I think we'll, if you're looking for assists very late, there's another good guy there. Now you want some bus. Um, bus. We mentioned Thompson. Um, and 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 I'm not Curry's not going to bust, but I I'm not taking him third. So um, I don't think he ends up being the third best fantasy player in the league. Um, some other guys, I think Aldridge is probably a little high. I think Gasol being there is going to take a little bit of his scoring away, and he's already a guy that doesn't really block shots. He's not a huge rebounder, but he does help. He's a great free throw shooter, so he's not going to hurt. He's not a bad pick taking Aldridge 25th, but probably doesn't finish as the 25th best player. Um, uh, Kevin Love is another guy that I just kind of usually avoid because – He's a three-category guy, and he's going to hurt your, your field goal percentage. Um, Conley is another guy I almost always avoid. I just hate – I just won't draft Mike Conley. He's just maybe the most overrated player in the league, and that's before his contract that made him the highest-played player. Um, he's just – he's never averaged more than – I think it's never averaged more than um, – I think it's like 17 points. He's – his career high in points is 17.2. His career high is six is six point five. He's a starting point guard in the NBA. He has been for um, 
eight years, and he's never averaged more than 6.5 assists. Sorry, <laughs> that's not worth the my the 45th pick in the draft. Um, yeah, those are a few guys that that I that I, I usually avoid or at least avoid where their ADP is. I just I'm just not reaching. Out. Dennis Schroeder is another guy that I'm I like because he has more. He's going to have a huge role this year, but. 55th is a little high for me. I, I, he needs to work on his shot still. Um, yeah, that's about Jabari Parker is another guy I just don't, don't like, and I'll not be drafting anywhere. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so that's it for the show, really. Um, that's, you know, that's pretty much everything I wanted to go through. Is there anything else that you want to kind of throw out on the table to let you know potential owners know? one last tip or anything that you got. If not, we can just close it out. Um, no, just uh, enjoy. Have fun. Don't go into the draft completely blind. Go on Fantasy Pros and look at the ADP, look at the rankings, read up on the injuries and the timetables of those, and, and just quickly go through depth charts. You know, Make sure you're on, in the know yeah. of um, – who's starting, who's not, and, and all that, because you don't want to grab a guy that, uh, oh, he was great last year, and then you don't realize that um, someone they traded for someone or someone passed him on the death charts. But have fun and just, and just, stay, and just stay aware and, 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 and be active, and, that, and that's important. And just like, uh, you know, really any other fantasy sport, you, you, you want to just stay up on the news and make sure you're using your ads, like I talked about before, looking at the week ahead, because – uh, you just don't want to make any mistakes like that and, 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 and put yourself behind uh, behind the curve. Yeah, that's a great tip about, you know, thinking kind of one week, well, really one day ahead, but it's like the full week ahead. You use those extra drops. That's, that's a great idea. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's all we've got for the show. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where we can find you. We already said the Fantasy Fix and, and uh, Razzball, but if I'm missing anywhere else, and then, of course, Twitter and things like that. Go ahead, and, go ahead and share. Yeah, well, first of all, if you can find me on Twitter at Seth Duh Sportsman, S-E-T-H-D-A-S-P-O-R-T-S-M-A-N. I answer everyone's questions on there. I, I almost never miss one. I have my rankings on there. Um, um, uh, trade questions, start sit, draft, dynasty, you name it. Follow me on there. I'll answer all your questions. You can find my articles at the fantasy fix and um, my rankings at fantasy pros. Although I am still deciding whether I'm going to do NBA rankings. They sent me an email and asked and asked if I was going to do them. And I only only want to do them unless if, unless if, if there's only, if there's going to be an accuracy challenge, because I kind of like, Oh, well, what good are the rankings going to do? Because I don't, I don't post them on any site. So it, otherwise it would just be for me. So Hopefully they, they end up doing it for accuracy because that would be fun to see how everyone does at the end of the year. But um, other than that, uh, best place to find me is, is really Twitter. I'm so busy these days that I'm not writing a ton of articles, um, but I am answering your Twitter questions like almost 24-7. So, um, yes, I can, I can definitely you know, give you the pat on the back there for that one. I see you on my feed all the time answering people's questions. So definitely go to guy yeah. here for answering questions on Twitter. Thank you. So, all right, man. Well, that's all the show we've got for today. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you definitely 
pointed out some things that I don't think I'd even thought about. Um, I've got I've got a lot of thinking, a lot of studying to do before my draft's coming up. So uh, good luck to everybody this year. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Fancy Six Pack if you want to ask me some questions as well. So good luck, and we will talk to you later. <laughs>